Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Sophia podcast. I'm an OBGYN practicing for over 15 years in my native New York City. And I love to help women learn about their bodies, empower them, and embrace themselves. On this podcast, we will talk openly and with heart about all things affecting women from pregnancy, menopause, periods, sexual health, fertility, and so much more. Disclaimer, this is general medical information based on my professional opinion and experience. For specific medical advice, please refer to your physician. Hello, everyone. It's me, Dr. Sophia. And on today's podcast, we will discuss endure or not to endure. I'm joined by my co-host and my good friend, Tusef Mirza. Hi, everybody. So this is an interesting podcast that came to be, considering it's one of our few new ones as we're starting off, but we felt that it would be good to talk about something that actually came up when we did our first menopause podcast, which was our second podcast. And at a certain point in the podcast, Dr. Sophia said something of the sort that it's true that when women go through menopause, and I will say that's like myself, I'm almost going through menopause. I'm 51. So I'm perimenopause, like right at the cusp between perimenopause and menopause. Um, that when women go through menopause, since they feel that it's a natural occurrence, that maybe they shouldn't get any type of help along the way with what they are going through. Hence to endure or not to endure. Is it endure or endure? How do you say it? Endure. Endure. Okay. So can you explain a little bit like why you you said that originally, like in terms of your experience? So when I think about all the things that women endure or the concept, when we were talking about menopause, I brought up the fact that just because it's a natural process doesn't mean we have to suffer through it. And I made the analogy of way back when we went through puberty and we may have had acne. But when we had acne, we went out and bought all the possible things that can prevent acne. Clearasil, all types of different benzoyl peroxides, every single soap, cream, lotion, whatever. Everything under the sun. <laughs> Toothpaste, noxema. <laughs> we put everything on our face so that we would not suffer through puberty. Even if acne was a natural And acne phenomenon. can be a natural phenomenon mm -hmm. during puberty. Mm -hmm. So likewise, when we think about menopause, my curiosity is, 
why do women feel that, hey, I'm I'm going through a natural phase in my life, and not all women, just some, but the concept, it's natural. I should be able to just go through it. And I have to say, I'm I'm guilty to be one of them. Like I'm like, okay, so you know, like sometimes if I'm feeling more tired or if I I gained a, a little weight last year. And uh, I used to have a little bit of hot flashes, but now I'm I'm better. Um, and I used to say, well, you know, women have gone through this for thousands of years and they didn't need any type of treatment. So why should I? I should just go through it. But at the same time, there's another part of me. I have a science background and I really do believe in modern medicine. And I also do believe that you know, if there is a better way to have a better quality of life, then you take it. So it, I don't know where that mindset was even implanted in my brain that I should just go along with it versus on the flip side, I was like, yeah, of course, if you have acne and you want to have fix clear it, skin, you want to have clear skin, you're not going to say, oh, I'm just going to go through this natural process. You're just going to do it. Yes. So why is it specific to something? I mean, I'm sure there's other ones that we'll discuss, but where do you think that comes from? I think as women, oftentimes it's kind of a little bit ingrained in us, in our upbringing and society, the influences that come are we're bombarded with this concept of either being strong women or we should be able to go through things. Not complain. Not complain, that's for sure. Or that we are looked, we are frowned upon if we are, quote unquote, bringing up an issue or saying that we may need some assistance or help with something. And so I think that's a part of where it all comes from. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to take anything away from going through a natural process for those of us who are able to feel very good in our skin as we go through any transition. I don't want to take anything away, but I also want us to feel very much empowered by saying, hey, this kind of sucks. <laughs> and if there's a better way, I'm all for it and feel very much okay with that. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to menopause, if there are treatment options, ways in which we can go through menopause without feeling so bothered by it, I think we should take it. I think it's it's fair to have a conversation um, with your physician mm -hmm. and say, hey, you know, these hot flashes are really keeping me up or these night sweats. Is there anything I can do about this? Or some of the fatigue, mm -hmm. is there anything else I can be doing to help myself through this transition? And we should not feel bad about that. Mm -hmm. When you start to pause and actually think about the root and the foundations of that and why we 
unconsciously for me, it's even unconscious. It's not a conscious decision. It's just something that comes forth and I just go along with it. But then when you really start to think about it, that, you know, it comes from the conditioning and on the flip side, I really want to live a full life full of vitality. And that's when I started to think, okay, so I need to just like open that aperture, open up the possibilities of that a little more. Um, I think it's just really interesting that, you know, women, we also don't speak up all the time, you know, in society, we're told to just like, you know, lay low a little bit and not quiet, quiet and not always advocate for ourselves and be nice. Yeah, we're deemed either aggressive or whiny or complaining. Right. And when you are advocating for yourself, you are none of those things. Right. You're saying I matter. I want to be seen and heard and you deserve it. It's kind of a feminist thing when you think about it. Hmm. It's kind of revolutionary (laughs) because it's basically saying I get to live the life that I want to live. And we should. And we should. And that's the point. Yes. And so even, you know, as I'm going through this now, uh, it forces me to say, okay, so, you know, like, am I going to stand up for myself and, you know, not just, not just go back to the conditioning, but I think also what's important of what you said was it's fine to also go through the natural process. So therefore it's really a question to be conscious of your choices and not just go to a default. Absolutely. We have choice. We have agency over ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we embrace our bodies, understand what makes us tick, Mm -hmm. what will make us feel whole and vital and live exceptionally. And whatever that is, For you, that is okay. And so in the conversation around menopause, I want women to feel like I can go through this natural process, quote unquote, naturally, Mm -hmm. but to not feel ashamed, embarrassed, or weak because you've decided that you'd like to have some management of the symptoms that you're going through. Right. Just because it's there doesn't mean that I have to go through it. That's correct. If Especially if there are options. And yes, there are options. So I think it's important for us to understand that point. It's interesting because it's not just in menopause do we see this phenomena. One of the areas that I like to think about is the birth process. As someone who has done a lot of humanitarian work and has done that work in places where women really don't have options. What type of humanitarian work? Well, I've done OBGYN care in Haiti, which is my uh, native country. Mm. And the possibility of having, let's say, an epidural is simply not accessible. Going through the birth process with the management of pain. 
don't get me wrong. Those women have learned many different ways of handling pain that speaks to their strength, but certainly would have, I think, enjoyed the possibility or the option of something, for example, as an epidural. Mm. And so even now, here in this country, I love going through the conversation of the birth plan. And I say that because oftentimes women may feel that in order for them to really experience childbirth, that they have to experience all the pain Mm -hmm. that comes with it Mm -hmm. as if there's some rite of passage. Mm. And the rite of passage is already there by becoming a mother, Mm. by going through the delivery process and whatever that may be, whether it's natural, quote unquote, without any drugs, whether that's a vaginal delivery, whether that's a cesarean delivery, whether you have an epidural, don't have an epidural, whether it's a a delivery that has to be provoked or induced, all of it prayerfully leads to healthy mommy, Mm -hmm. healthy baby, safe delivery. Mm -hmm. And so I like to go back to the concept, endure or not to endure. It's your choice. But to remember that we don't have to, quote unquote, go through a bothersome, painful process as some rite of passage or to be seen as strong. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's true. It's almost like if we, if we take an epidural or if we take a treatment, it's almost like we're cheating or something, you know, we're not doing, like, we're not a wuss. Yeah. Like <laughs> we did, we're just like, oh, you know, no, we have to go through the real thing because that's what's happening. But who says that? Like where, where, like you really have to think about the source of where those statements are coming from. Yeah. What's, what's the rule book. Right. But I do think that there is inherently a process that in terms of how women are socialized to make us feel as though we must go through things in life in a manner that either can be painful Mm -hmm. or can be discomfort or suffer even. Mm -hmm. Would you say... Because you deliver a lot of babies, you you talk with a lot of expecting mothers. Do most women have epidurals or is it like, do you have just in your experience, like a ballpark, like, what would you say? You know, it's interesting. I remember I had a 24-hour call where six out of seven of the women that I delivered actually went through the birth process without an epidural. Wow. And the way I like to describe it is, A, having a certain level of 
understanding that your body is going through that process Mm -hmm. and a willingness to kind of give into it. Mm -hmm. Two, to have done some form of research maybe or, or, or really communicate with a support person, a doula or other um, birthing supporter that will help push through and and give you other pain management skills. And three, I would say, I don't want to just say determination because I think we're all very determined. Mm -hmm. But, you know, those women really, that's what they wanted. They wanted to experience that. They, like they, really, made, they, they really, really made the decision. Made that decision. Okay. And it was a matter of being as supportive as possible with that decision. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, sometimes women make that decision and it's kind of either pushed upon them or they make that decision. And because they've made that decision, they feel like they can't turn back. They feel like because they voiced the fact that they wanted to go through it without an epidural, that when the pain becomes to the point where they may want it, that they want some relief. And then now they feel like they've failed. You haven't failed. Because you finally asked for it? Because you may finally ask for it, or you may finally feel like you just can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not a failure. It's It's okay. It's okay. It's an acceptance of your body's process. Mm -hmm. And so... I say all that to say that it goes back to really understanding and being in tune with yourself so that you can make an honest choice. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be one that's simply brought up upon you because society says so, your partner says so, your friends say so, your family you, you, the person who's going through the thing Mm -hmm. is the one who should be making that choice. And anywhere in the process, you are also allowed to change your mind. You're not bound by anything. No, no, not at all. And it doesn't, there's no judgment attributed to that. Absolutely not. My favorite Part of what I do is really reminding women to have grace with themselves. And so it brings me to another place in which I find that women endure or not to endure. Mm -hmm. Although in this particular instance, I would say that really it can have a profound effect Some women have periods that are extreme, either extreme in terms of pain or extreme in terms of their bleeding. In terms of the flow. In terms of their flow. Mm -hmm. A flow that to the point where they are anemic, a flow to the point where they are so fatigued or debilitated that they have to take days off from work, it disrupts their lives. 
anemic because they're losing more blood than they should. Anemia and anemic, yes, because of the blood flow, um, and which leads to so many other things. Mm-hmm. And so, I oftentimes I say, "Well, how long has it been like this?" And they're like, "Oh, it's always been that way." And I'm like, "At what point did you think maybe it's not okay?" Or it doesn't have to be this way, mm-hmm. you know? But I think, like I said, I think we take on this role somehow that, oh, well, I have, you know, I have to go through this. I have, you know, this is just what it is for me. I would say also that when it comes to, I mean, just talking, I mean, I remember when I was a teenager, we didn't really talk about periods well we don't we really like talk about periods now just like hanging around but if the flow was really a lot I wouldn't know if it was normal or not so for me it would be like well I guess that's just the way it is because I remember when I was a teenager like when I would have my period like it was really painful the cramps and people told me oh that's just what your period is so, you know, so you say to yourself, okay, well, I guess, you know, you just take two Tylenols from time to time and and that's just what it is. But at least you can talk about the cramps, but you don't really talk about the flow because it's such a personal thing. So I think there's also the stigma of not really talking about all the specifics of a period. So you just don't know how to gauge, I guess. And I thoroughly agree with you. You're absolutely right. Most women don't have a point of reference. Yeah. And so it's a place where we should be talking about it. Mm -hmm. We should talk about what is normal and how do we understand our own bodies and what is too much, Mm -hmm. what is hard. Mm-hmm. And allowing ourselves to have some openness with what we're going through. This is like a paradigm shift, really, of how you think about, you know, is this something that is difficult for me? Because I think as women, I, I mean, I'll talk for myself, but as women, I've been so used to dealing with menstrual pain, we have that every month, right? That that becomes a default. And so I think our tolerance for pain is probably a little higher, but it doesn't mean that that's okay. That's correct. It's not okay. It doesn't have to be okay. And that's what I mean by the paradigm shift is if we, if we say to ourselves, well, any pain is not good, there might be a solution. So I should look into it. That's a completely different way of looking at things as a woman. Right. And so for me, it's more so to feel a sense of comfort, knowing that you don't have to just go through it, Mm -hmm. that you can bring it up. There should be some compassion to be able to say that I think this is too much for me. And is it okay to bring that up? Is it okay to say, I think my period might be too heavy Uh or I think my, it's too painful. 
to maybe even endure or not to endure is also not just from a perspective of getting treated, but it's also just a perspective of expression is to oh, be able to say it. Yes. It's just to it's be okay able to, to say it. Yes. It's an, it, it's the concept of what is going on with me and how do I actually feel about it? Mm-hmm. And I think we don't allow ourselves to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't allow ourselves to do that. We allow societal norms to dictate sometimes the experience that we have. So when these situations happen, when you are with your patients and you bring them up certain solutions, like you're seeing them and and you realize that there's a problem, let's say. Yes. And then you, you propose something to them, but because they don't think that this is, let's say, for example, in menopause, they don't, they just think it's the, that's just the way it is. Are there certain things that you say to them or there's certain things that you ask them to to think about so that they can make the right decision like how do you talk to your patients if that situation arises well i'll start by saying it's not a matter of a right or wrong decision it's more so a matter of thinking about how do you want to live your life and Either way is okay, but to be clear that it's a choice, that you've actually thought about it. And so when I bring it up, it's not because I'm forcing the issue, but rather exposing the issue so that you can think about it mm-hmm. and, and decide. A woman who is going through menopause, who's having let's say 10 hot flashes a day or more who wakes up every two hours with night sweats, the covers on, the covers off, the covers on, the covers off, who therefore is not getting enough rest, who is irritable or having a lot of emotional lability. And She may come in and just ask a question and not really realize that, first of all, all of those things go together Mm -hmm. and that the core issue is just the fact that they're going through menopause Mm -hmm. and then that there may be something to help, you know? And I acknowledge the fact that the help may may seem scary. Mm-hmm. You know, many women are frightened about all the possibilities, but there there are actually even natural options that women can, you know, mm-hmm. lifestyle changes that they can make mm-hmm. that can help them through the process, but they may not know. Maybe also one of the reasons why we don't raise any issue is because if we do do that, it's almost like we're acknowledging that something is wrong. And we don't want to do that. And so we just continue the way we are. You know, we're just like, okay, no, everything's fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know. I They're can't falling s- apart. <laughs> exactly. But, but everything's fine, you know. <laughs> and and then the other thing I wanted to bring up is um, that's a very good point that, you know, we're just talking about 
we're talking about menopause right now, but or even the the periods for somebody who's anemic, that's one instance, but it has a ripple effect. Totally. That is not just contained within that one scenario. Absolutely. So it also, I guess, depends on the type of physical situation or biological state that we're talking about, right? So it needs to be addressed on a case-by-case situation. Addressing it on a case-by-case situation, sure. I think moreover, it's understanding that the ripple effect, the concept, how one thing can lead to so many other things in your life. So, you know, I like to call the woman who maybe has the period where she's kind of bleeding like a faucet. I'm like, this is like a crime scene period. (laughs) I mean, it's scary, scary. but so many women go through it. Mm -hmm. So many women go through it. And sometimes by bringing it up, it allows us to do some further investigation. So when you say bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up to your physician. Okay. So thinking about it for yourself, like, Hey, something is really not right here. I know I've been going through this for a couple of years, but if I have to take a day off from work Mm. every single month, because I'm on my period, maybe there's some, maybe there's a better way. Maybe. Mm. And maybe that's, the one clue that I have a fibroid, that I have some other potential issue happening that's that's actually anatomical. Mm-hmm. So when we decide that I'm going to understand and feel what's going on in my body and make a conscious decision that I maybe don't want to feel like this anymore. I think that's the perfect time to say, I have to talk to my doctor. I have to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. So this turned out to be a much more important conversation than I had originally thought it was going to be. I'm really happy we, we did that. So if we could... To like a couple of takeaways, what would those be? I would say our number one takeaway, know your body. Know your body, know what you desire for yourself. The concept of being in your body, making a conscious decision about how you feel, what's going on, and the possibility of having to discuss those things that may be happening with you, whether it's just as a conversation so that you completely understand what's going on with you, or bringing it up because you'd like to see some type of change, but that that that's okay. Mm-hmm. That we don't have to just, because something is happening to us, that we have to allow it or something that we think as it should be, quote unquote. The second thing I would say 
outside of unknowing or understanding your body is having grace with yourself in a way that if you want some help, some support, let's just put it that way, because it could be in any way, uh, shape or form, that's okay. That is a good thing to acknowledge the fact that you don't have to either go through something, whether it's alone, whether it's with some form of, you know, treatment option, whatever it is, it's understanding that, hey, this thing that I'm going through is kind of making me feel bad and I don't want to feel this way anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, taking ownership of it. So I don't know if I have a third thing, but let's start there. Okay. I would just, I will add a third one just after our conversation is just to, no matter what you decide, that you have the right to change your decision without any feeling any judgment. Like you are allowed to decide in the present moment with your present state what you want to do. And you have the right to do so. I love that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That we can change our minds. Mm-hmm. We can live in the moment. And and we can just be fabulous. We can, <laughs> we can just be our fabulous selves at every moment in time. Yes. At every moment in time. Every moment in time. To end the podcast today, I am going to recite one of my favorite Maya Angelou quotes. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. This is general medical information based on my professional opinion and experience. For specific medical advice, please refer to your physician. Until next time, embrace your body, embrace yourself. Bye, everyone.